And good morning, Uni Hill Church. I hope that you all are going really well. April and I have been praying for you uh, regularly in this season. Uh, we all know that it is not easy. And I can't wait until the day comes when we can be together in this room. Uh, we have been preaching from home lately and we're going to continue to do so. But I wanted to try something a little bit different today because I like change and change is always fun and it's always a good thing. So there'll be a little bit something special that'll be happening in a moment. Pastor Geordie is just going to pop up and take care of that. But I want to let you know, if you're watching at home, you're part of our community, we will be communicating with you really soon uh, in regards to what the roadmap back to church looks like, what it means for our community. And what we're really doing is we're just waiting on clarity from the government. As that rolls out, we'll then communicate to you. Um, but let me be very, very clear in this season. Our goal is to have everybody back in the room as soon as possible. Now, I can already hear some technical things happening, but thank you, Pastor Geordie. If you could see behind me, uh, Andy, I don't know whether you can give us a wide shot. Yeah, I'm only on this. We are, we are definitely uh, on not on mute, uh, which is brilliant. <laughs> but we've got, what I've done is I've asked 25 people from our community to join us uh, today in order that uh, we can um, be together. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be turning in our Bibles to 1 Peter. So if you want to turn uh, to your Bibles, and I want to welcome everybody who's joining me on Zoom today. Give me a wave. Uh, we miss you. I miss you. And thank you for really being a face uh, that I can preach to. I don't know whether, Andy, we can have fun for just a minute. Can you bring up the Zoom meeting for everybody at home on the screen? Why don't you do that just quickly? I want to show you what I'm seeing as I preach this morning. So there we have a whole bunch of people in our community joining online. And then we've got the chat right in the middle of the screen, which we are now getting rid of. And there it is. There is some faces from our community, which is awesome. I want to preach on joy today. Now, joy is a very, very important thing for a Christian to hold on to. But who knows in this season it's hard? Who knows it's hard? Give me a wave if you know that in this season it's hard. Every time you watch the news, they're not promoting joy. They're often being driven by fear. And I find that when I turn on the news or I turn on the radio, what happens is I am filled with an overwhelming feeling of awe. Oh, far out. How are we going to work through this season? It's going to be so difficult, but that should never steal my joy. Just because the world is heading in a particular direction, it should mean that it should never still steal my joy. My prayer is this, Father, I know that you are in control. I know that you are bigger than this and I know that you guide my steps. So I won't let what the media projects, what the news talks about determine my joy. I will put my faith and trust in you. Who knows that that's a great thing to do. One of the other challenges in this season is it's hard to find joy and keep joy and hold on to joy when you can't have family dinners. I know that a Zoom family call 
is not a replacement of a family dinner. Give me a wave if you agree. Make a comment in the comment section if you agree. I do not want to Zoom because my family are full of interrupters and you know that on Zoom, if everybody's talking, nobody is being heard. And I know that it is no replacement. It's the same. I cannot wait to see this room filled with people. You know, I look at every chair and I pray that every chair represents a person being filled with the Spirit of God and encountering Him in worship. But I know this, that just because we're apart, and I absolutely hate being apart in this season, I get sad that we can't be together in person, that is still no reason to lose my joy. Who agrees? Who absolutely agrees? Now, let me explain to you that it can also be an accumulative effect. Now, if you can see, I have a headphone in. That is so I'll be able to hear the Zoom guys when I talk to them, but it's pulling on my ear. So if you see me fiddling, that's what I am doing. But the other week, I decided I would cook on a weekend. April does uh, the heavy lifting when it comes to cooking in our family. But every now and then on the weekend, I like to cook. So recently, I have been in the rhythm of making meatball subs. Now, I mean, I am telling you, these are incredible subs. But what happened is we went to Coles. And we went to a particular one. And when I was in the aisle, I had bought the meat. I had bought the bread. I had bought the correct sauce, but they did not have the correct pickles. Now, pickles are important. We did a survey of our community yesterday and about 25 or so. Uh, to, so it was about one to five don't like pickles. Five people in our community on average like pickles. One doesn't. To that one, we'll pray for you because you're wrong. But now there is a particular pickle brand that I like. Now, is my beautiful wife on the Zoom somewhere? April, you wouldn't happen to have the pickles, would you? I do have the pickles. All right, everybody look at that jar. Can everybody see that at home? I don't know if you can. She looks really little. I might get Andy. Look at that. See that at home? Right there, the special burger pickles. Thank you. Now, what happened? is I was at Coles and they did not have those pickles. Those pickles were not available. And what we might want to do is go back to gallery view, Jimmy, because I can just see a very large version of myself on the screen right now. It's an incredible loop. I don't know if you can see that at home, but that's me. I feel like an absolute giant right now. But what happened is they didn't have the pickles I wanted. Now, I'm 35 years old. I'm the father of three children. I've been married for 15 years and I stood in the aisle sulking, absolutely sulking that they did not have those particular pickles. In that moment, I literally began to go, that's it. If I can't have pickles, I can't have the pickle, the meatball sandwiches, it's off. I'm not going to do it. Has anybody ever been that that irate about something so small before? Have you ever been there like that? For me, I had cracked it. I had given my joy away for pickles. For pickles. So I sat there angry and annoyed and realised in that moment, what the heck am I doing? Why am I so upset? So you know what I did? I gathered my thoughts. I went to a different supermarket and I got the right pickles. 
and the meal was a great big success. But what's happening in this season is a lot of you, a lot of me, lots of me, but a lot of us, we're giving our joy away because of the cumulative small effect of additional pressure after pressure after pressure. And then all of a sudden it gets to something small, like pickles, like a little comment, like poor internet, and you're tipped over the edge and you lose your joy. Well, I'm here to declare to our church today, I'm here to declare into the life of people that follow Jesus Christ that actually nothing external should be able to determine our joy. Can I get an amen in the comments if you agree with that today? Now, just out of curiosity to everybody at home, give me a wave if at the moment you get stretched by the small things. Right now you go, hey, you know what? I'm not normally like that. That is everybody on the Zoom, which means it's most likely most people at home. It's the little things. But you know that the the joy of the Lord is this, is that because of what we stand and who we stand in, Jesus Christ, because of the relationship that we have with Him, we know this, that nothing that happens in this life can actually steal our joy. So let's get into the Word today as I read something to you out of First Peter chapter 1. As we look at this, we need to understand that the concept uh, that this is being built, this is threaded all through Scripture, is that James in the series we read recently uh, that we went through, we understand that James actually says to consider it pure joy when you face trials. When things are stretching you, you to consider it a joy. So what that means is that life can get hard, but that doesn't mean you don't have to give up your joy. Life can be hard and you can still be happy. So I want to encourage you in that today. Trials come in many different, many different ways. At the moment, I look at the trials that we're under in this day and age is something that generations before us had not experienced yet. Each generation has something significant that they have to overcome. And for us right now, we're living out a history lesson. My grandchildren, I'm sure, will ask me about what was it like to live in your home for 18 months and not really be able to do much. This is a trial that we face right now. But no matter how hard it gets, no external circumstance can determine your joy when you are in relationship with Jesus Christ. So let's, let's go for it. I, w- I want to also talk this. Trials are not fun. In the scripture I'm going to read, it actually says you face the grief of many trials. Just because it's hard doesn't mean you have to give up your joy. It can be hard. You can be grieved, but you can still in the depths of your heart find joy and happiness knowing where you stand in Christ. Let's read the scripture. At the moment uh, in First Peter, he's talking into a group of believers in Asia Minor and they're not having a great time. There's pressure coming down on them from their society. They want them to participate in pagan worship. Uh, also the government is putting pressure on them. So they are now following Jesus but they're beginning to realise that it's not easy. It's not easy. 
and he's writing to encourage them. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 12, I'll read it to you. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Pretty well, he's saying right there, his opening statements lean into the fact that because Jesus lived, He died and He rose again, we can live with a new expectation and a new hope in this life because of what's to come through Jesus. Jesus and into, as I read on, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in this last day. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving to the, the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Father, today I pray that you would use these words and you would help Jordan Wakeland to whisper in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says this. I want you all, did you like how I told Jordan to be quiet then, Zoom meeting? That's what I did because he can't whisper and that's okay. But everyone at home, we love Jordan and he does a great job. Hey, I just want to thank the, the, the team of five. Uh, we had the same team of five for a very, very long period of time. And now we've been able to have that released where we can rotate the team a little bit. But there's a special man in our community at home. His name is Nathan Flannery. He's currently suffering food poisoning from eating sushi from a service station. Can I just say that statement in itself should explain what you did wrong. But right now we actually pray for Nathan. He's very unwell, Father. And we just pray that you would strengthen his body, help him to recover quickly. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody on Zoom said, don't eat sushi at home. Amen. That's what they said. Don't eat sushi from a service station unless you know it's fresh. Don't eat anything unless you know that it's in date and fresh and good to go. That is not the stance of Axe Global or Uni Hill Church. That is the stance of Charles Christopoli. Just so you're aware, uh, i got this thing with, with food. But we all are aware of my testimony. Okay, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Can everybody agree no sushi at home? No, su- no sushi at home is fine. No old sushi. No sushi left in cars. Just don't do it. All right, praise God. Praise God. I love having people with me. This is the best for me. Anyway, we roll on. Here we go. Based off that scripture and keeping your joy at home, if you're listening and you've let go of your joy, my, my aim today is that we could, we could, number one, stimulate a bit of joy in your heart and life, and number two, that you don't let go of it. Peter, what he is, when he's writing this letter, 
One of the first things that he does is he reminds them, don't think short term, think long term. He's trying to inspire the believer to endure because the present time of suffering will be nothing in compared to the inheritance they will receive one day in eternity that can't decay, that can't get old, that can't fade away, and an inheritance that is waiting for them. It says this in Verse 4, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. I started thinking about that, and I think that we can be encouraged to know this, that what we are living in right now is not the goal and is not the end game. So therefore, it takes the pressure off circumstances right now in this life because we know that in the scheme of eternity, this is not the end game. I believe one day I would love to leave an inheritance to my children. And the the main thing that we're aiming to do is that we're going to try and pay off our house. Now, recently, in the last 18 months, I've been working from home. Uh, Give me a thumbs up if you love working from home. Give me a thumbs down if you don't like working from home. I do not like working from home. Uh, There are some tradesmen uh, on this Zoom that I get to keep going, and there's some essential people that get to keep going. And praise the Lord for you. Praise the Lord for you. You get to keep leaving. But for everybody else that works from home, I've been working out in my garage working out. I've been working out in my garage, that's true. But I've been working from my garage. The other day it's pouring with rain and I see a small waterfall emerging from my gutter. Now, I may not be a tradesman, but I looked at this waterfall that was coming out of our gutter and I realised that may not be right. So I went around and what had happened is, I don't know whether it was the recent earthquake. I don't know whether it had happened over time. I know the answer now because I inquired. But what had happened is the gutter where it joins had separated. Now, because I live in a smaller property, that that actual gutter line and, and forms the boundary of my property. So I can't actually see that gutter, but my neighbor can. So I called him and I said, hey, there's a small waterfall coming from the gutter. He says, oh, yeah, it's been been split for years. He said at one stage, there was a weed so big growing out of the brickwork on that side of the wall. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? So what happened is we went, we've obviously had the gutter repaired since then. But what I was not aware of because we have a privacy screen is that the fence on the other side it's completely rotten. It's, it's barely hanging on. So not only did I find out that my house uh, is, is gutters aren't working, but now the fence that lines the property is rotted. And I started thinking, I'm trying to leave an inheritance to my children. They're still children. And the inheritance I'm trying to leave is falling apart. I don't even know whether it'll make it for them to have an inheritance. You know, I look at my grandfather. He recently passed away a couple of years ago at a great age of 92, my nonno. And he left an inheritance to his family. Now, the house that he left was either going to be knocked down or had to be completely redone. You see, when you work so hard in this life to be happy with what you have in this life, it won't last. It'll decay. It'll grow old. And what happens is if we find that we're placing our joy in circumstance or I feel the pressure of work, 
because I want to pay for stuff that will decay, that will rot, that will fall apart, that will go out of fashion. But what Peter is saying to the believer is take your perspective off the now and put it onto the eternal. Because what the Scripture says is that God has there, He has kept. It says it's already there. He's already got it. It's already prepared. It's waiting for you. It won't decay. It's there. And you can keep your joy when we remember we're not trying to build and store up in this life. It can't go with you. But we are trying to prepare and keep our focus on the future. I believe that there are people that have put themselves under so much pressure that what's happening is you're trying to accomplish so much and you're under so much pressure that the weight of it is affecting every other area of your life to try and attain things that will fade. And I believe the word of the Lord for you today is reassess the priority. Life won't have to be that hard. You don't need to give your joy to things. Get your perspective on the eternal because that won't fade. Amen. The second observation there that I want to highlight to everybody at home and on the Zoom, thank you for being with me, is this, play your role. It says this at the end of verse 4 and verse 5. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. just want you to remember that it's already there. But then it says this, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation. Verse 5 is so powerful there because you've got to play your role, but God will play His role. And here is the thing about joy. It's actually a stance of faith. When things get hard and you begin to do life and, and a trial comes and you have joy in that trial, really what you're projecting is that my faith in God is bigger than the circumstance that I face. So what's happening is joy in trial is actually a stance of faith. So your role is to let God be God. That's His role. And your role is to be in faith. If you look in this Scripture, in verse 5, it says this, Who through faith are shielded by God's power. God's power is activated in your life through faith. God will manifest Himself to shield when you take up your role of faith. And we need to remember that in a trial, when you let go of your joy, why are you letting go of your joy? Because you're trying to do it in your own strength. You're worried about the outcome, even though you know God is in control. But when you hold on to your joy, you don't give it away to pickles. You don't give it away to circumstance. What happens is you move into a stance of faith, which is your role. And then you can let God be God. That is what we need to do. So I began to think about ways, I don't know how, to, to stimulate a faith stance when you face something. And as I was praying, Father, would you help me? What, what is something that we can do at home? to stimulate joy and faith when, when you face something. And would you believe, I felt the scripture that comes to me in Psalm 100 verse 1. And it says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all you earth. 
or all the earth. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. You know, at the moment, like I expressed before, the place at which we, we work out, our garage, we, we've turned into a little bit of a gym and then we put a wall up and I have my study. There are many mornings when I am in the study, I've since bought some blockout headphones. Praise the Lord for those uh, in this season. But prior to having those, I would be in the study working and April would come into the garage to begin to work out. Now she's on here and, and I'm going for it. And what happens is I've noticed this, when April can't be bothered working out, but she's trying to be disciplined, uh, what will happen is I'll hear her during the warm-out begin to just yell. So during the warm-up, she'll be like, "Woo, yeah. I'm thinking all she's trying to do is to fire herself up into a position when she's ready to exercise. And I felt the Lord say to me that there are some people that are in situations that you actually need to shout for joy. You don't need to do it in an awkward way. You don't need to do it in front of people, but you need to have an expression when you face a trial and you were trying to take up a stance of faith, which is a stance of joy, some people at home might need to yell. So you can stay on mute right now, but why don't, why don't you guys at home and at home, why don't you have a little yell? Woohoo! I, I just dare you to do it. I just dare you to do it. I bet you there. Now, now I know, I know, because I'm at home, that there are many people that right now you can't be bothered with this. You go, I don't want to yell. And I know what, I totally get it. But I'm telling you now that if you step out into faith, there are going to be some situations. Like I've got a guy who's so full of energy. I know he's on the stream. I don't know how this will go. But Reese, uh, uh, why don't you give us a little yell? Yeah! Say thank you very much. <laughs> I love that you would have been the only one that would have committed to that. Uh, and it looks like you're wearing a pink dressing robe. Are you wearing a pink? Oh, it's a hoodie. All right, my bad. It looked like a dressing robe, like one of them pink frilly things. I don't know if you can see him on the screen at home. Let's take a vote. Oh, in the bigger screen, it looks better. But when he was sitting down, sit down, lean forward. It looked like a pink dressing robe to me. I don't know. We'll take a vote. But that's what I thought was happening there. But thank you, Reese, for your yell. I believe that there are some people that when your boss comes in on a Friday, with an unrealistic deadline, you need to accept it with joy. You need to hang up the phone and then you need to step into faith and go, I can't believe I just got this. Woohoo! And try and step into faith. I don't know how this is going, but I'm happy to be a fool for Jesus. There are some mums that what's happening is your kids are going to be in tears. And they're trying to do distance education. And when you get to your wits end and you're about to crack, instead of cracking, I want you to go, praise the Lord. Yeah. Because what it's doing is it's a joyful noise to the Lord, but you are moving yourself into a stance of faith. You know, there might be some people this week that when you go to the letterbox and you open that surprise bill, woohoo! Make a joyful noise unto the Lord because what your role is, is to believe and trust in the power of God to shield you as He's keeping an inheritance for you through relationship with Jesus Christ. And no matter what you face in this world, when you move your perspective onto who God is in your life, what He's done in your life, 
You can have joy in all circumstance because God will be God. It says there that through your faith in the scripture and through your faith, you are shielded by God's power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's move on to my third observation uh, is this, is that testing proves genuine. So I just want to, let's, let's quickly evaluate. I want everybody at home, why don't you put it on the screen. Everybody show me your shoe that you're wearing. Quickly take it off. This is the shoe that I'm wearing. I'll go like, I'll come over here real quick. I don't know if you can see me. But I, I want everyone to think of shoes. Oh, there's Mark Robinson. Mark. I know, nice, Mark. There's Mark Robinson's shoe. Now, Mark loves shoes. Did you, you brought a pair of shoes. Have a look at this. Show everybody the pair of shoes you just brought, Mark. That's brilliant. Now I want you to I want you to bring the cameras back to me just for a moment. Who the heck puts shoes in a plastic clear box? Who does that? But Mark does that. Now let me tell you a little story about Mark that I believe will help build your faith. Recently, my sister during COVID has become obsessed with shoes. So she called me and she said, Charles, I would like to purchase some shoes off the internet, uh, but I don't really know what to do. Do you have anybody that can help me? I said, I've got a friend of mine who keeps shoes in clear plastic boxes. I'm positive that he will be able to help you. And what happens is Mark said, hey, if she's going to buy shoes off the internet, I want you to go through a particular website because what happens is that website will get the shoes they will test them to make sure that they are genuine and then they will send them to you. Because on the internet, can you believe you can buy things that are fake? Can you believe that there are actually fraudulent people out there trying to sell wrong things? So Mark said, what you need to do is you need to go through this website so that it can be tested in order to be proven genuine. Do you know that nothing can be proven genuine unless it is first tested. So what happens is that you can go along and you can purchase something and it can arrive, but you don't actually know whether it is genuine unless the creator can certify it or unless that there is a situation where it can be tested. But then you know that once you've made it through the testing, that what you have is genuine and is of the worth that it should be. Peter goes on in verse 6 to say this, And all this you greatly rejoice. So first of all, they're in joy. This is verse 6. It says, Though now for a little while you may have to had, uh, you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, so that your faith can be proven genuine, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, in glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. We need to understand this, that when we are walking through a trial, the reason that we can be joyful is what's happening is our faith is being proven genuine. And anything that is genuine is always worth more than what is fake. So what is happening is God is adding value to your faith. It says that there will be a day that will come, judgment day, when Jesus will stand before and He will say, your faith 
because of the trials, was proven genuine. We don't need to give our joy away for no reason. Why people at home is because God in that circumstance is proving your faith genuine. At home, He is proving your faith genuine. And He goes on then to talk about gold. And He says that even gold perishes though refined by fire. What happens in that process? And another thought that I had was that in that process with gold, it is liquefied. It is heated to the point that it becomes liquid. And then there is a chemical added which draws out the things that are not gold to be burnt off to increase its value. Now, one, God is saying, Peter is saying that your faith, if it's proven genuine, is worth more than purified and refined gold. Because when Jesus returns, He will say to the believers that your faith was genuine and there will be honour and there will be glory. When you look at this scripture, you know, is that to Christ? Yes, I believe so. But also to the faithful believer. But as I thought about gold, I wanted to give some application. So if what you need is to go through trials in order for your faith to increase in value, and one way they increase the value of gold is by seeing it refined, the question that I pondered this week is what in this season do I have to remove from my life, effectively let it be burned off in order that I can increase the worth of my faith? Are there people in our community watching too much television? Are there people in our community today that are giving value to things that actually need to be burnt off? You know, I was challenged this week as I listened to somebody have a conversation in our uh, community uh, about the fact that if there are things that take place over your Bible reading and you do it consistently, if there are things that take place over your worship time, if there are things that take place and those things are a greater priority of consistency in your life, you've got it the wrong way round. So what things do you need to let be burnt off in this season so that you are adding more value to your faith? We can hold them to joy in every season, because this trial, if you've stuck around, if you've kept believing in the faithfulness of God, if you've kept believing for provision, if you've kept believing for breakthrough in relationships, if you've kept relying on God, even though you're lonely in this trial, your faith is being proven genuine. And I thank you, Lord, for those people. Because as I come to a close this morning, I think we need to find joy in the right places. There are people that are searching for joy. There are people that are searching in all of the wrong places. And, and we're often finding in temptation and, and, and to, to go away from the things of God. You go, oh, I, I want to find it in money. I want to find it in a bigger house. I want to find it in, in, a, in a better relationship. I, I want to find it. And all these things that they, they, pull, they pull you away. You know, I thought about it. If you want to find yourself in a place of joy and effectively... The best place of joy and the only place of joy is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yet there's so many things that try to pull you away. The pressure of teaching kids at home it can slightly pull you out of a place of joy. 
the pressure of work in a season that economically has been hard and the focus and the drive to seek can slowly pull you into the wrong place. And recently in our household, uh, we do a thing every, you know, every evening we try to read a devotion with the kids. I let them read the prayer. I'm trying to bring them back into the right place where they can find joy in Christ, where they can find their peace in who He is. But while I'm worrying about them, I also need to think about me. You need to think about you. And in the scripture, as I meditated on it this week, I found this very interesting and I believe it's inspirational because it can definitely apply to us today. It says this in verse 8. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. See, to these believers, Jesus had come, His ministry had been completed, He had been resurrected and ascended to heaven. And yet these people that He's writing to says this, that though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Now, if when you look at that word, we know the word when it says you love Him. This is what I want to highlight as I begin to, to bring this to a close is that you love Him. The word is agape. Uh, it, it is not that you loved Him once upon a time. It is a present, continuous activity. You currently love Him. You currently love Jesus. Now, for a believer that has not seen Him but loves Him meant that the continuing present activity would have been worship. It would have been prayer. It would have been time in the Word. A present, continuing activity. And then it says, And even though you do not see Him, you believe in Him. Now, the believe in this translation, when you look at the original world, it could be that you trust in Him, that you rest your confidence in Him, that you depend on Him. But what's very interesting is when you go to the original word where it says believe in, the in, the preposition there is pronounced in, in the original language. It's E-I-S, but it's pronounced ice. It's the word in, but can also paint a picture of in to, in to. So this once again paints a picture of a present, continuing activity. It says, because I believe into Him, I am filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy when I enter into the presence of God and I rest there. I worship there. I stay there. It's continuing I don't just trust, but I trust into, I lean into, I go into the presence of God. I sit there and where I sit there, I trust Him. I focus on Him and in that place, there is inexpressible and glorious joy. That's the only time that phrase is mentioned. And as I began to think about the into 
And as I began to think about inexpressible, how many times have you been in a place of worship when you just can't express the words, but you can lift your hands, you can sing to God, you can speak in tongues and you can worship Him, but it's only ever found in that place you go to to encounter God, in that place where you go to enter into the presence of God in your life. In fact, the word of the Lord for our church today and for people that are online watching me is you need to re-find that place. You need to find that place. Because in that place you find confidence. In that place you find joy, peace. So what does that place need to look like for you? For some people, I believe that you need to get to work if you're still leaving the house and able to do so. You need to get to work 20 minutes early and for you, it might be sitting in the car. That's the place you go to enter into. That's your prayer closet. For some people, it may be your wardrobe. For some people, it may be a place you walk to. For some people, it may be your bedroom or your living room when nobody is home. But I believe that the the joy of the Lord that is inexpressible, that can't be defined with words, will come upon you when you spend your time in the presence of God. When you look at that Scripture, it is a present. It's happening right now. It's continuing. It has not stopped. It has not finished. It continues activity. Because when we look at that Scripture, it says, though you love Him, a consistent continuing activity, your trust is into Him. And then it says what? For in verse 9, for you are receiving, continuing the end result of your faith. Salvation for your soul. It says that as you spend time in the presence of God, that inexpressible joy that comes upon you, that joy that you are receiving now, receiving now is the end result of your faith, your salvation through Christ. So I believe that there are people today you need to find your place. Do you know, John Fott, I know that you are on this right now. I believe the Lord is saying to you that as you continue to find that place where you enter into the presence of God, John, I believe the Lord is saying you're going to go to another level. That there is actually a season that's coming upon you that God is lifting you to a whole new area of influence, to a whole new area of grace, but it's going to be as you renew that place. You know, I believe you're faithful. I know you're faithful in your devotional time, but I believe the Lord is saying that as you stay in that place, that that present continuing activity, John, He's taking you to another level. He's taking you to another level of influence. You know, Justin, I believe the word of the Lord for you is that as you renew that place, as you find that place, I saw God giving you clarity. It's going to be an incredible clarity. And now I know what you're walking through. I'm your pastor. I know what's going on. But I believe that there is something beside the obvious. I'm not talking about the obvious. There's something else God has given you clarity on. But it comes out of a place of joy. 
And that place of joy to everybody that's watching at home is found in God's presence through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't need to give our joy to pickles. We don't need to give our joy away for free or easily because it can't be determined by circumstances that happen in this life. No COVID, no isolation, no separation, no finances can remove the joy that is given and an expressible joy that is given through a relationship with Jesus Christ and entering and relying on His presence as you trust in Him and put your confidence in Him. You know, Candy, I know that you're on there um, somewhere. And, and I believe the Lord is saying for you, you need, you need to get back in your prayer closet, wherever that may be, whether it's prayer walks. I know your life is very busy. But I believe what's happening is the Lord is saying He's going to bring a new level of of overflow out of your life. I believe that that there has been a season where you feel you've been running on the fumes. Well, I believe that as you enter into the presence of God, it's not just going to be fumes anymore, but He's going to fill you. He's going to strengthen you. It's going to be inexpressible, undescribable joy that is going to flow out of every area of your life. But it starts as we enter in. So, Father, we pray for everybody in our community. If you're at home right now and, and you need a, a word from God, you need something, just having a look at the people that are available today, that are here, that are with us. But if you're at home and you need what it is to experience new joy again, God is here. Sometimes it's found with a shout. A shout for joy. Sometimes it's found with a perspective. This is hard right now. But God, I know it won't last forever. Every trial is seasonal. That's you right now at home. I want you to raise your hands. You know, it is a challenge to engage in this season when you're at home. But if you do it right now, it's a step of faith. You're not surrounded by atmosphere, but it is an opportunity for you to enter into the presence of God where you put your trust in, your confidence in, your hope in. As you stay in that place, we can be filled with an inexpressible joy. Father, I pray for our church and its people. People that are at home. Father, I pray for the joy of the Lord to come upon them. For the joy of the Lord to come upon them. You know, there's a person at home. And, and you've had a really, really sore left wrist. And that circumstance has stolen your joy. I believe that the Lord is going to heal you today. But this circumstance is proving your faith genuine. So Father, we pray for that person with the sore wrist. If that's you, put it in the comment. If that's you, just let, let the church know we're praying with you together. Father, right now we pray for physical healing. In fact, Lord, anybody that is with us today that is experiencing pain in their body, we pray today 
that you would heal their physical body. But we learned today that despite the pain, it cannot steal our joy that's found in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we wait on you. We wait on you. Believe that there's a parent. Got a picture of a parent. It's like they're looking out their window. And they're remembering what it was when their child was young. And the beauty of the relationship that you had then. And what's happened is there's been some separation in this season. And you're finding it hard to be joyful while you're separated, while this relationship is not where it needs to be. I believe the Lord is saying He's restoring that relationship. He's bringing unity back to your family. He's going to make up for lost time. But you first in faith find your joy in the presence of God. Play your role, which is faith. And God will shield you. Father, we pray for that parent who is going through the grief of a trial. Be with them in the name of Jesus. By faith, we speak joy before you move. By faith, we shout for joy before you've done your work. Because we believe and trust that you will. Why don't you raise your hands, everybody in our community. Father, right now, we joyfully anticipate what you're going to do with the rest of this season. Would you use us? Would you strengthen us? And would you fill us with joy as we're in your presence? Father, in Jesus' name. There may be somebody watching this today and you don't know what it is to find joy through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's very simple. I live my life for Jesus because I have a relationship with Him. The story of mankind is simply God created everybody and what happened is uh, He created us for relationship but sin entered the world. The Bible says we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We've all done something wrong. And because we've all sinned, we were separated from being able to be in a relationship with God. Because of our sin, we could not be in relationship with God. But that's not what He wants for your life. He wants to be able to fill you with a joy supernaturally, despite what you go through. So the Bible says, because God loved you so much, because He loved you, in John 3.16, it says that He sent His Son. And His Son was on a mission. Now the mission was this, the, the repercussion, the punishment for sin was supposed to be death. Death being separated from God forever going to hell. But God did not want that for your life. So He sent His Son who lived a perfect life 
And when Jesus died on the cross, the only person in the history of the world that did not deserve the die, that did not deserve the punishment, he hung on the cross. And what happened in that moment is he died for the sins of the world. And he rose again on the third day and ascended to heaven. Now, because Jesus did that, the Bible says this, that if you put your faith and trust in Him, and you confess for what you've done wrong, the Bible says at that moment when you say, sorry, Lord, I know I've sinned. I believe that Jesus lived and He died. What happens is it it says that your sins are removed and Jesus pays the price for them. And then because your sin has been paid for by Jesus, you can now through Jesus have a relationship once again with God, which means that you can have an eternity in heaven with Him. Without Jesus, you cannot be restored to God. But through Jesus, you can have life forevermore. You can have that eternal inheritance. So if you're watching today, and you don't know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer that if you pray it with me, what you were doing is you were saying to Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want to say sorry for the things I've done wrong and I want an eternity with you in heaven. And if you do that, the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So I'm going to pray a prayer. And if that's you, you pray that. You, you, I'm going to say a word, you say a word, and let's all do it together for those that are with us. And then we will be able to celebrate you coming into right standing with God. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you knowing I've done many things wrong in my life, and I'm sorry. I don't want to do those things anymore. Jesus, would you enter into my life? Would you be the leader of my life? Would I follow your ways so that I could have relationship with you? Thank you for what you did on the cross to save me from hell and to make a space for me in heaven. Come into my life, be my Lord and Saviour, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, welcome to the family of God. What I want you to do is let me know. If you go to our website, uh, unihillchurch.com.au, there's a little contacts tab. Let us know. Tell me, say, hey, I prayed that prayer to accept Jesus, and one of our team will get back to you this week, because God is good. Amen, amen. Praise God, church. Thank you for joining with us today. I want to thank you guys online. You know, I love our church, uh, but you had no idea what was up front. I didn't know how it was work, but it helped me because I felt like we were together. And that's what church is about. Community is about coming together. We will be in contact soon. We're going to be together in some way, shape or form, in unity, with no one missing. As we honour God together, that's what we need to be praying for this season. 
as it comes to a close. So God bless you. I'm really looking forward to the ownership series that starts next week. You know, isn't, isn't it incredible what God has done this year? You know what? Sometimes the miracle is survival. Sometimes the miracle is moving forward when no one else is supposed to. Sometimes the miracle is joy, even when you shouldn't. And I look forward to the ownership series next week. See you soon and God bless you.